He takes the unexpected, the little single white females, and puts them in the middle of a place like the Amazon. Who's signing up for that? Well, I did. I did 12 years ago. And he has done nothing but bless my socks off. See, I don't even have any socks on. Bless them right off for the last 12 years. Because he is a God that does immeasurably more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And a few years ago, I got connected with the Lamb's Chapel, and we realized that in Scripture, that Jesus often met a physical need before he meets the spiritual need. Have you noticed that? He would open the eyes of the blind. He would multiply the food and feed the masses. He would heal the cripple. But then what would he do right after that? He would meet the physical need. And I just want to give praise to the one true God, to our wonderful prayer warriors, our supporters, and also to our servicemen and women. Servicemen and women, will you just raise your hands? I want to thank you and praise you guys also. I pray for you every day for those around the world who allow me to do what I do. If it weren't for God, our prayer warriors, our supporters, and our servicemen and women, I wouldn't get to go into these places that I get to go into. He is so good to provide that for us, that freedom for us. And I want to tell you a little story. A few years ago, I was in one of the unreached people groups in the Amazon. And I'd been ministering and we planted a church and it was this beautiful thing. And then someone came up to me and they said, Jen, we've got a request for you to go over to that unreached people group over there. And I said, oh yeah, come on, let's do this. I love it when the native people want to guide me there. I never just show up somewhere uninvited, if you know what I mean. I like my head. So anyway, I'm like, absolutely, let's go. And I start to go to get in the canoe. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's one little thing. I said, okay, cool. What's that? Well, you can't mention the name of God when you're there. I said, no, whoa, whoa, time out. I'm a missionary. Like That's kind of in my job description, right? That's what I do is I talk about... God, right, so it's going to be kind of, a, no, 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 they said, don't do it. I said, okay, all right, we can work around this. So I get into the unreached people group, I get there and I start talking to the chief and I start talking to the tribal council that's there and they begin to share with me that they want to learn the white one's language. That's what they call English, the white one's language. They speak six or seven languages and had heard that there was a white one around and that I spoke a language they hadn't heard of yet. And so I started to say to them, yes, I'd be happy to teach you this language. And you know what? I brought an English book with me. I, I did the whole thing's full of nothing but English. Happy to flip. Let's flip to the first book. Um, let's see, Genesis. In English, it's called Genesis. And then the chief pulled me off to the side. And he said, you know what? Even more than English classes, is we need clean, safe drinking water. He goes, our people are dying out. and We're down to 74 people. And I know it's because of that river right there. You see, the Amazonians, they do everything in the river, literally. And because of the pollution over the years, it's caused a lot of diseases and sicknesses and even death. And so at first I said, sir, I, I, and there was that little check in my spirit. Have you ever had that when you started to say, I can't do that? And there's like this check. And that's exactly what happened. 
And I began to pray and our prayer warriors began to pray and God miraculously opened the door for us to dig a well. And after I came back to the United States from digging that well, I sat my board members down and all of our staff and I said these words, I'm so glad that God did this incredible thing, but we are not a well digging ministry. I will never do that again. Any of you all ever told God that you're not going to do something again? Yeah, okay, I don't know what happens, but something happens when you say those words, I will never. It like translates in the spirit and goes to heaven. And what God hears is, put me in the front of the line to do that again. And that's exactly what happened, is that God just put me right in the front of the line to do that again. Would you guys like to see a well dig in the Amazon? Oh, good, we leave just in a couple of months and I'll take you with me and I'll show it to you. Man, I've never had such an easy group before. Well, let me show you a video before we go.
our, yes, give God a praise, absolutely. So as we were going through the 16-day well digging process, I began to teach English <clears throat> out of my English book. And I want you to see the testimony of the chief after the well dig. The whole community came to know Jesus Christ because of that well dig. And I want to tell you that over the last few years, because of our partnership with the Lamb's Chapel, we just have completed well number nine. <laughs> Scripture says that they said I was lost, I was once lost, but now I'm found. And there are now tens of thousands of people in the jungles of the Amazon of Brazil and in India who are saying that because of your love and your support. You see, these people never had clean, safe drinking water before, something that you and I take for granted. But when we go in and we meet that physical need, it opens them up to the living water of Jesus Christ. So I just wanted to say to you all again, thank you. I was in the Amazon and I was in my little house there and I have a little pet monkey and I've got a picture of him for you. This is Nico, yes. Nico is my pet monkey in the Amazon and Nico and I have a system. And the system is that whenever I go into a house for a service, a prayer meeting, a little women's gathering or any one-on-one -on -one kind of counseling, Nico has to stay outside because Nico is a monkey. Anybody ever raised a monkey? Believe me, you wanna keep them outside. So anyway, as I go into the home, I will throw Nico up into the trees of a nearby of that house. And I don't know, Nico roams around and does whatever it is that monkeys do, eat bugs, plays. And then when I come out of the house, I simply say, Nico, Nico, and Nico replies, <laughs> and I speak monkey. So therefore, I know where he's at. I will go to where Nico is at. Nico will see me leap out of the tree, run on the ground, run on my legs, sit on my arm, and eat his little banana that I hold him, I hold out to him. It's the same thing every day. We do the same thing. I throw him in the tree. I go in. I have the service. I come out. Nico, Nico, same thing, but one day I went out of the house where I was having a little one-on-one -on -one meeting and I said, Nico, Nico. Nico, Nico. Nothing. Now we eat, we eat monkey in the Amazon. So at this moment, my heart began to pound and I began to fear that someone needed a side dish to their lunch. So I ran over to some kids and I said, guys, guys, have you seen Nico? Do you know where he's at? Can you help me find him, please? And they took me by the hand, walked me over to a set of trees. Nico saw me, leapt out of the tree, ran on the ground, ran up my legs, sat on my arm and held out his hand for his banana. And I said, Nico, why didn't you come when I called for, oh. <laughs> you see, I had had laryngitis. 
And so that day when I went out to call for Nico, it did not sound like Nico, Nico. It sounded like you, you. And that wasn't a voice that Nico recognized. So Nico didn't respond. Talk about a teaching moment of the Holy Spirit. Because in that moment, Holy Spirit said to me, Jen, that's how you need to be. And I realized that I had been listening to a lot of different voices in my head. And I realized that I wasn't in tune with his voice. So later that day, I started to search the scriptures. And I came across the scripture, if you want to turn there with me, in John, John chapter 10. This is really worth notating. John chapter 10, starting in verse 2. John chapter 10, starting in verse 2. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow the voice of a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Let's go over to verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Let's read it again. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Okay, now let's go with the parallel here. Who is the shepherd? You're in church, just say Jesus. You all know this answer. It's not hard. Okay, Jesus is a shepherd. Who are the sheep? We are, so everybody say ba. Right, we are the sheep. Now, I am no shepherdess. I do not know that much about sheep, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say that sheep cannot read. Are we okay with that? We're okay with saying that sheep are not literate. Okay, so these verses here are telling me that the sheep know his voice, the sheep listen to his voice, and they follow him. Huh, who's the sheep? So we should be able to do what? Hear his voice. Now, let me give a caveat right now. This book right here is not just an English book. (laughs) This is... The Word of God. This Bible is 100% the voice of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. This is His voice. But let me go back to the question I asked you before. Can sheep read? No. Sheep can't read. I don't know what kind of sheep you've been hanging out with. (laughs) But sheep can't read. So this is exciting for me because I started to realize that, yes, this Bible is the voice of God, but I can also hear his voice. And this sent me on a quest to try to figure out how to hear the voice of God. Now, how many of you think that in a jungle like that, you probably need to be able to hear the voice of God? 
But let's be honest, your life has jungles too. Do you have teenagers? Okay, there's an unreached people group, right? (laughs) You've got your own jungles. You too need to be able to hear the voice of God. And I have a money back guarantee that by the time you leave these doors tonight, you will have heard the voice of God. Now you didn't pay me anything to be here, so don't expect much. But I do guarantee that if you will tune in with me, you will have heard the voice of God for yourself by the time you leave here tonight. Now, we were talking about teenagers. Any of you have any kids? Anybody got any kids, maybe little ones? Okay, if you are in a crowded room and all of a sudden you hear, Mommy! Daddy! Do you know that it's your kid? Of course you do. Why? How do you know that? Because of their voice, exactly. If your spouse calls you on the phone and you don't have caller ID, do you need to say, I'm sorry, who is this? Don't say that to your spouse. That is not gonna go over well. Of course you know it's them. How do you know? Because their voice, with your kids, with your spouse, with your best friend, you have spent hours listening to their voice. And so therefore, you know their voice. What if I was to tell you that you could hear the voice of God that clearly? Would you be interested? Of course you would. We all would. And I guarantee that you can hear the voice of God that clearly. Now, let me give an example. Let's say that I'm gonna call my mom. By the way, it's mama's birthday today. Happy birthday, mom. Yes. Now, let's say I'm gonna call mom because it's her birthday. That's a good idea to call mom on her birthday, right? All right, so I pick up the phone. Hi, mom. Oh, it's Jen. I'm just so excited, mom. Happy birthday to you. And I've got so many things to tell you, mom. I've been going to the Amazon, as you know, and it's just been so cool. And we got to see this whole tribe come to know Jesus Christ. It's been the best thing ever. Hey, how's the dog? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see you guys when I come soon. I love you so much, mom. I hope you have a great birthday. Love you, bye. Good conversation? No. No, it was terrible. Why? It was very one-sided. I didn't give her a word in edgewise, right? That was a terrible conversation. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this food before me, and thank you so much that I get to go to the Amazon, and thank you that I get to see all these people come to know you, Jesus, and I just thank you for all you do for me, and I pray that you'll help my dog who's not feeling very well, and God, I pray you'll give me a safe trip home. In Jesus' name I pray. Oh, and bless Lamb's Chapel. Amen. What's the difference? Pretty one-sided, wasn't it? But how many of us are guilty of those kinds of prayers. I was for years. I grew up in the church, but I'll be honest, I never knew that prayer was a two-way conversation. I feel like the American church has really failed us in teaching us that we can hear the voice of God. And just like it would be so rude for me to talk to my mom or my best friend like that, It's also very rude for us to talk to God like that. So how do you hear the voice of God? Would you like to know? The voice of God sounds like spontaneous 
thoughts. Now follow with me here, okay? Thoughts come from three places. One place that thoughts come from is the enemy. We know what those voices sound like, right? You're no good. You're, no, you're stupid. You can't do that. You'll never amount to that. You don't have enough money for that. Yeah, you've heard this voice? Yeah? Okay. Take your hand. Take your hand. Take those thoughts. Pull them out. Drop them on the ground. And now squish them like a cockroach. Okay? This is what you need to do with those thoughts. And I'm serious, like I will be walking down the grocery store aisle, I'll have one of those thoughts pop in my head, I'll just pull it out, drop it, squish it, and just keep going. (laughs) Nobody knows what I'm doing, but I don't give any room for those kinds of thoughts in my head. Just pull it out, drop it, and keep moving, guys. Don't dwell on it, don't think about it, don't go into deep rabbit trails with it. Pull it, drop it, move. Another place that thoughts come from is logic. Two plus two equals four. Nobody needed to drop to their knees, dear Lord, two plus two, I need the answer. No, you don't need to do that. Things that are universally just known. Two plus two equals four, it's just logic. So now the other place that thoughts come from are God. Oh, see, I can already see you guys looking at me like that. But what about my thoughts, Jen? Your thoughts. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. Then God said to them, let us create man in our own image. Male and female, he created them. We have the very DNA of God himself inside of us. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that we are to take every thought captive. Why? Because our thoughts matter. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 starting in verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what their nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So you don't have the mind or the thoughts of the spirit, the mind or thoughts of flesh, and the minds and thoughts of jungle gen. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. It's either thoughts of the spirit or thoughts of the enemy. It's one or the other. Now, do any of you like have all these thoughts like all the time going on in your head or is it just me? Okay, maybe I have more than others. But I'm just saying, like, you've got a lot of thoughts going on up there. And that's why scripture tells us to take every thought captive because it's coming from one place or the other. You think, nah, it's just the fact that I had pizza last night for dinner. No, there is a spirit realm. That's why he tells us to take every thought captive because if we don't, what's gonna happen? The enemy will run wild 
with our thoughts. Now you might think, but Jen, I've thought some really high, amazing, extravagant things. Yes, that's God. Start walking in those things. If you think it's outlandish and crazy and impossible, well, we serve a God of the impossible. So how do you hear the voice of God? You wanna know? Are you ready? This comes with hand motions. I promise you will want to learn these. Are you ready? How to hear the voice of God. The first thing you do is you start by asking simple questions, okay? You wanna start simple because you're learning to hear his voice. So don't start with a question like, God, what is your will for me for the rest of my life? Okay, that's kind of heavy, okay? So we wanna start by asking a simple question. Now, I need to see everyone's hands. Hands up. The first thing you need to do in order to hear the voice of God is calm your mind. Do it with me. The first thing is calm your mind. Now, for some of you, this might take seven seconds. Congratulations. For others of us, it might take a little bit longer. But the first thing we need to do is calm our minds. Once you have calmed your mind. The second thing you need to do is, let me see your peace fingers, come on. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Do it with me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. What does that mean? For some, you can close your eyes and you can visualize him there. Awesome. For others of you, maybe you don't quite have that kind of imagination and visualization practice. So what you'll need to do is begin to think about his attributes. He's kind. He's loving. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is my Savior. He's my best friend. He is peace. He's comfort. That's fixing your eyes on the one you're getting ready to talk to. That's important, right? When you talk to somebody, do you look at them? Do you have your mind on them? Of course you do. So the first thing you do is... Now, come on, do it with me at home. Calm your mind. The second thing is, fix your eyes on Jesus. The third thing is, let me see a C. Show me a C. Ready? Listen. Do it with me. Listen. And you're like, duh, of course. You do not know how many people I've met who have never heard the voice of God. Because they haven't done this part right here. They've done all this right here. Talk, 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 talk. So the first thing is, calm your mind. The second thing is, fix your eyes on Jesus. Third thing is, listen. And then the fourth thing is, write it down. Do it with me. Write it down. And you're like, why do I need to write it down? I'm not a journaler. Okay, truth check. How many of you have ever done your devotions in the morning and by lunch, you have no idea what you read? Right? And the creator of the universe is getting ready to speak to you. Do you not think you might want to jot that down? I'm just saying. Probably a good idea, right? Now, do I have an example of this in scripture? Of course I do. If you haven't already memorized the book of Habakkuk, turn there with me now. And Habakkuk, Old Testament, by the way, happens to be one of my favorite words to pronounce in Portuguese, what we speak in the Amazon, because it's pronounced abacuki. 
I just love cookies, so I think of Habakkuk. I like this book. Habakkuk chapter 2. Are you ready for this? Habakkuk chapter 2. By the way, Habakkuk, bless his heart, his name's that in Portuguese. Habakkuk is a prophet. And he says here, Habakkuk chapter 2, starting in verse 1, I will stand at my watch. I will station my ramparts, myself on the ramparts, and I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I'm to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald might run with it. Isn't that cool? He says, I'll station myself on the ramparts. I'll look to see what the Lord will say to me and what answer I'm to give to this complaint. And then the Lord replied, write it down. Sorry. He said, write it down. Why? This is so cool. Because you're writing it down for yourself. But also when those enemy thoughts come, Have you ever read one of those in scripture? Did God really say? Remember that from Genesis? Maybe if Eve would have written it down. Just saying. The God of the universe is getting ready to speak to you. And yes, it is 100% for you. But then also you have a reference so that you, a herald, may run with it. Which means you have it with you so that as you encounter people during your day, you can not only refer to it for yourself, but you can refer to it for them. Isn't that a special thing? So now let's do it all together. What is the first thing you do to hear the voice of God? Calm your mind. Second thing is fix your eyes on Jesus. Third thing is listen. Fourth thing is Write it down. Who's ready to hear the voice of God? This is good. So pull out that little bag I gave you. If you don't have one and you want to stand up or just raise your hand, we've got some ushers who are going to hand out those bags. You will need three things out of that bag. You need the journal, the red pen, and the blue pen. Journal, red pen, blue pen. Journal, red pen, blue pen. For those of you watching us online or maybe listening to the podcast, just grab a piece of paper and a couple different colored pens and we'll have you on your way as well with this. We'll keep passing those out. Journal, red pen, blue pen. Or black. So we're now going to listen for the voice of God. Isn't that exciting? Two of you, super. The rest of you will catch on in a minute. When you listen for the voice of God, what do you think is the first thing he's going to say to you? Let me read a scripture here for you. And it says in John chapter 10, Verse four, when he's brought out all of his sheep, he's brought out all of his own. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse three says, he calls his own sheep by name. We've got a couple down here in the front. 
He calls his own sheep by name. How many of you think that God knows your name? If he has counted every hair on your head, he absolutely knows your name. And if you're talking to him, who's he talking to? Grandma Sue? No, if you're talking to him, he's talking to you. Absolutely. So the first thing he's going to say to you is your name. So what I want you to do is take the black pen and we're going to just write a question. So take the black or blue pen and write this question at the top of the first page. Now, Whatever it is that you call him. Do you call him Father, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Papa Bear, whatever. Father, comma, or whatever you call him, comma. What do you want to tell me right now? God, comma, what do you want to tell me right now? about your love for me. Father, what do you want to tell me right now about your love for me? Now, once you've written that, put the black pen away and get out the red pen. Once you've written that, Father, what do you want to tell me right now about your love for me? Put that other pen away and get out the red pen. The first word that you're going to hear him say is your name. So hang on, don't write anything yet. Man, you guys are quick listeners. We're going to do the four steps. What are the four steps? Calm your mind. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Listen and then write it down. He's going to speak your name and then just keep writing. We'll test it afterwards. Don't think about it. Don't analyze it. Just ask him the question. Do the four steps and just keep writing. It's going to be like he's writing a love letter to you with your very own hand. Go ahead. Father, what do you want to tell us right now about your love for us? Calm your mind. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Listen. Put your red pen to the paper. Write your name. And then just keep writing. Go ahead with the music, guys.
here to ensure that it is the voice of God. So I want you to look down at your paper. And I want you to read through it. And here is the first of the twofold test. And it has to be both things, not just one or the other. But first is, does it line up with Scripture? Look down at your paper and does what you have written, does it line up with Scripture? If there's a part on there that doesn't line up with Scripture, just cross it off. We're not even going to worry about it or think about it or talk about it. Just does it line up with Scripture? If you have something on your paper that lines up with Scripture, give yourself a check mark. Check and raise your hand. Let me see. Anybody have something that lines up with Scripture? Good. The second thing is, does it line up with the character of what a good, loving father would say. So look down at your paper. Does it line up with the character of what a good, loving father would say? If it does, you can give yourself a second check. Anybody? Does it line up with the character? Now remember, it has to be both. It has to line up with Scripture, and it has to be in accordance with what a good, loving father would say. Not just one or the other, but both. And if you're like, but Jen, I don't know Scripture that well. I don't know if it does or not. I want you to take a look around. You've got a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ right here under this roof who know the Scriptures. Take it to one of them. Take it to a trusted friend or pastor or brother or sister in the Christ and say, hey, can you help me with this? Does this line up with Scripture? Just to confirm that it lines up with Scripture. So give me a thumb up if you have something that lines up with Scripture and a thumb up if you have something that lines up with the character of what a good loving father would say. If you have two thumbs up, guess what? You've heard the voice of God. Give yourself a hand. Right, now let's test it. Let me get a couple of volunteers. Let me see. Dave, come on up here. Come on up, Dave. Let me grab you a mic. Grab that mic on the way up. And what I'm going to have him do is I'm going to have him read the question, his name, and then what God said to him. Now we're going to test this, okay? So you have to be our tester. Come on in here to the light, Dave, and read the question, your name, and then what he said to you. Go for it. Father, what do you want to tell me right now about your love for me? Hey, buddy, I'm right here with you. I'm fighting for you, and I'm never going to let you go. Mm. As you lean back, rest, and receive, I am calming you mm. with my love. Mm. Okay, line up with Scripture. Line up with the character of what a good, loving father would say. 100% has Dave heard the voice of God. Yes, excellent, excellent. Thanks, Dave. Come on up, Deb. Give us a, a, uh, your, what he told to you, what he said to you. No, Deb. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. As she's coming up, look at your page. Does it encourage you? Does it comfort you? Does it bring you joy? The enemies come to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it abundantly. Does what you have on your paper bring you abundant life? Absolutely, it will. Go ahead, Deb. Read the question for us, your name, and then what he said. Father, what do you want to tell me right now about your love for me? Deborah, I have not forgotten you. Mm. 
My daughter, through every moment of your life, I have been by your side. I alone know you from the deepest part of your spirit. I am all-encompassing. You can trust that every moment of your life is in my hands. Step out into deeper waters, my daughter, and keep your eyes on me. Hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Line up with scripture? Line up with the character of what a good loving father would say? Now you may clap for her. Thank you, Deb. Was that hard? No. From the time I stopped teaching until the time I told you to stop writing was about six minutes. If you were to do this every day for six minutes, do you think it might make a difference in your life? You can hear the voice of God. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Pastor Brian is always talking about listening to the voice of God and hearing what God has to say to you. This is how you do it. It's not rocket science. This is it right here. How many of you heard the voice of God tonight? And you can take it home with you. This practice changed my entire life. It changed my ministry it changed my prayer life, and it changed my view of who our good, loving Father is. Guys, can you roll the video for me? I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. The pastor came up, and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much, but I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you gotta do it, you gotta do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport took us by his little plane and I looked at it and I thought well one good thing it's shiny then he walked around it we got in he's on the left front I'm on the right front the other lawyers sitting right behind me and he started it up and it started up just fine well we taxied out I said should we pray he said yeah that's a good idea we normally don't I said well this time we're gonna and I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. 
and he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling and he passes out passed out cold now i grabbed him and i shook him and i said come on you gotta wake up so i can kill you now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot and my friend in the back seat said we're dead aren't we i said there's a very good chance of that yes he said what are we gonna do i said i don't know but there was a radio right there and i handed him the microphone and i said start asking for help so he's in the back seat reaching up and he said hello hello we didn't know any proper radio etiquette all we were saying was hello and somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, Tell, we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you gotta promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not gonna obey my voice, you're gonna die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're gonna crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die, but I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it, but listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. 
My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room in about four in the morning. They knock at my door. And I open the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. There is nothing more important than his voice. He's the one who calls us into salvation through Jesus Christ. He's the one who will guide us into our callings. He's the one who will speak to us in our darkest hours. And he is the one who knows everything about us. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Tonight you have learned how to hear the voice of God. And I guarantee if you listen, it will change your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can hear your voice. That you are always speaking to us. And I just speak over every brother and sister in the house and watching online right now that they are tuned in. I thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price on the cross so that we can have a restored relationship with the Father. Because of your sacrifice, because you died, were buried and rose again and now intercede for us at the right hand of the Father. Because of that, we can hear His voice. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that we'll leave this place tuned in to you, that we as sheep will listen and follow your voice. I pray these things in your precious name, Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen.